This is Marco Reus. This is Shinji Kagawa. This is Nuri Shahin. Hello, this is Jaden Sancho. And you're listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. Welcome to episode 389 of the Yellow World Pod. I'm your host Stefan Butzko and today we will talk about Saturday's game against Bayer Leverkusen. And that's pretty much it since uh, we will have a dedicated Besiktas preview coming out on Monday. So um, yeah, strap in. It's just me here uh, alongside Eric from the Leverkusen podcast. Hello Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Stefan. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and great to talk to you again. Yeah, it's it's great to have you. Uh, Matthias Huck was supposed to join us as well, but uh, he had a surprise visit by contractors today at his house. So apparently there's so much noise going on right now that he cannot join. So, Eric, uh, I'm afraid uh, it's only me uh, you will have to deal with now. But uh you know, nevertheless, I think we can both quite look forward to what will be a very exciting game. Leverkusen against Dortmund always is. I mean, Bayer Leverkusen certainly had a really good start to the Bundesliga season. You know, uh, one all draw against Union Berlin, but then 4 nothing shellacking of Borussia Mönchengladbach, who just thought they had a good start themselves with this uh, yeah, draw that they almost won against Bayern Munich. And then you guys had a quite hilarious 4-1-1 against FC Augsburg, where the first three goals in that particular match, if I remember correctly, were all uh, yeah, hilarious. Uh, the first two, I think, by Augsburg uh, were on goals, and then Leverkusen sort of bungled completely another one, which led to an Augsburg goal. Um, yeah, so, of course, Leverkusen are also a team that has a new coach with Gerardo Soyane. I think is how you pronounce it. Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. So uh, first things first, how is the new Bundesliga season treating you? How are uh, uh, things going on in the old Rheinland? <laughs> well, I, I'm a long distance away from uh, the <laughs> Rheinland, but uh, I'm in communication with uh, several people, obviously, who are there, uh, other fans and uh, obviously Neverkusen Pod um uh, Neverkusen Pod colleagues, and You're on the West Coast, we right? are. Yes, I'm in Los Angeles, exactly. Right. Um, and yeah, so we're talking across the country to one another, if I'm not mistaken, that's, right? That's correct. Yes, I'm in Philly. You're in. All right. Um, the yeah, the the season has started out incredibly, incredibly well. Obviously, uh, the one-one draw against Union was maybe a small disappointment but uh, Leverkusen played that match um, fairly well so it w I don't think there was any reason for fans to get down after the first match and then as you say uh, the Gladbach match was a pleasure to watch and uh, as I mentioned on another uh, on our podcast last week it, it was physically a real shellacking as well uh, Leverkusen uh, and er, Gladbach ended up with, I think, four players having to leave the match. Uh, I'm not proponing uh, a proponent here of dirty play, but it was in all ways 
is a convincing victory. Let me just say that. And then, yeah, the Augsburg match, some of the best own goals I've seen in my lifetime uh, from Augsburg. And then, yes, a somewhat silly goal by Bayer Leverkusen. But I think throughout it all, you have seen that this is a, um, a slightly different team from uh, last year's Leverkusen, uh, a bit more stable in the back, uh, I think a little more uh, able to employ the wingers effectively. And um, a, a lot of it has to do also, I would have to say, with uh, the confidence of um, uh, Patrick Schick, who's coming back from the Euros, obviously, uh, in excellent form. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Patrick Schick, was he the top scorer in the end of the Euros or did he sort of equal the record from Ronaldo or something like that, right? But uh, I believe he did get the golden boot, yes. Yeah, but he, he was uh, doing extremely well. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's obviously very fortunate for you guys that uh, this form did carry over because... Uh, It's uh, nothing you can take for granted, to be honest. Uh, Dortmund uh, fans, I think, would appreciate if Thomas Meunier would play a little bit more like he does for Belgium, even though I must always say that uh, his his uh, games for Belgium are not that impressive either, but it's uh, usually much better than uh, what he's showing in the Dortmund dress, that's for sure. So, yeah, right now, obviously, your top two goal scorers are Moussa Diaby and Patrick Schick, both both two goals apiece and then of course Amiri has scored one and Florian Wirtz of course also one I think Wirtz right now also has two assists to his name right so um so yeah. uh, it's it's going quite well uh, obviously Leverkusen as per usual have a very strong squad um what are the uh transfers uh that Leverkusen made or didn't make uh through the summer that uh are not worthy. Yeah, and before uh, I answer that, I just want to know, I looked it up, Ronaldo did get the golden boot um, in the end, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was right there, right there on his heels was Schick. Uh, so uh, the transfers, Leverkusen had, uh, first of all, a couple of players, important players who left, and uh, that included Leon Bailey, who went to Aston Villa, um, Vandel, who you could argue about his effectiveness, but had been with the club for quite some time, uh, went to Porto. Uh, obviously, the two biggest losses were uh, the Bender twins, and um, certainly I'm sure there's some sympathy from your listeners um, with regards to at least one of the Benders. Uh, that's obviously a really, you know, a really difficult loss. Uh, I, I, I remember how Dortmund fans reacted when Sven left and Uh, you know, this is having both of them, having a Sven and Lars uh, leaving us and then also having Sven leave. That's such a um, almost, you know, there could be a crisis of leadership there with um, two real leaders like that leaving. And uh, that was that was kind of a concern going into the new season. Um, as far as the transfer market, as far as players coming in, I think Bayer Leverkusen did a really good piece of business. Um, The probably, you know, the first, I think uh, the first player to come or one of the first players to come um, was Kasonu, who's um, now playing uh, at center back for us um, immediately uh, 20 at, you know, 20 years old. Um, once uh, Edmund Tapsoba is uh, better, hopefully we'll see a young duo, those two uh, as our center backs. Um, someone who's really impressed recently is Mitchell Bakker, who came from PSG. 
And uh, tomorrow, I think, will be um, his first real test. Uh, he's been impressive going forward. Uh, I think tomorrow he's going to be asked or relied on to defend um, probably a little more. Uh, another key player, I think, for tomorrow's match, or tomorrow, I'm saying tomorrow for Saturday's match, pardon well, I mean, me. I mean, for, um, for a lot of it might be tomorrow, so <laughs> I'm not going to correct you. <laughs> um, for, uh, yeah, uh, Robert Andrich came from Union Berlin, and he's going to be another key figure in the match uh, against Dortmund. Uh, it's partly because we're missing some central defensive mids. Um, it's also in part because... Uh, obviously, going up against uh, Dortmund, going up against uh, Holland, you're going to want some uh, physicality, I think, in the center of the pitch there. And I think a, a large part of his role, Sewane has uh, has hinted at this, a large part of his role is going to be that physical nature. Uh, a couple of other players, um, Hincapié, Piero Hincapié, um, won't be able to play uh won't be able to play tomorrow. Um, and uh, yeah, a big, a big get for us was um, Amin Adli, uh, actually, who I think came on for the first time last week. And um, you, you may see, you may see, um, you may see uh, towards the end of the match against Dortmund. So I think a, a, a good piece of business, it, not, not big on flashy names or uh, in any way, uh, but uh, I think they did a good job of kind of uh, solidifying solidifying some of the weaker areas. And uh, it should be pointed out to one of the January transfers, Jeremy Frimpong, um, who is right now uh, at, at playing the other fullback position opposite Bakker, uh, has really been excellent um, this, this season uh, thus far, uh, both going forward and actually pl um, playing pretty well in the back. And both those fullbacks are going to have their real true test uh, um, on, uh, yeah, on match day. So uh, we'll see. But very happy with what Leverkusen have done. Yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, the transfer business on the uh, old reliable called transfermarkt.de, uh, you can see that Leverkusen did spend about 52 million. And uh, I think uh, they made about uh, 42 million from uh, the players they sold, including Bailey, I think the most prominent, and then, of course, Tenjetvai to lock Moscow and Vendel to FC Porto, as you already uh, mentioned. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I didn't even know that. How do you pronounce him? Kosunu? Yep. Yeah, that that uh, Leverkusen uh, shelled out 23 million for him. And uh, yeah, Adli, I think, sh should be a very interesting player because uh, he comes from Toulouse, right? Uh, Ligue 2 team. And uh, yeah, might, might be, a, might be a, a good one because... Uh, if there's one thing that Leverkusen scouts can always pull out is is a good winger, I think. That's <laughs> sort of their speciality, you know. Uh, I, I don't know about uh, central midfielders, to be honest, but, uh, I mean, the Leverkusen youth has sort of uh, helped in that regard with, uh, you know, Wirtz <laughs> and so on. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think uh, Demir Bay and, and Palacios Narangis usually are... Uh, okay players in, in midfield but uh, you know as you already mentioned uh, I think both both can really make it right or or can Palacios make it I feel like one one of the three might actually make it but it's not entirely sure yet like Palacios might yeah, make that's... it in time but Arangis and uh, Hinkapi or however you Hinsapi I don't know how you pronounce him uh, Hinkapi yeah yeah 
Yeah, um, both. Yeah, it looks like both of them are going um, are going to be left behind for this match, so to speak. Um, and you know, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast. But uh, and uh, <laughs> it, it sounds like yes, Palacios will be there, um, w- which will be potentially interesting um, in in terms of um, what that might mean for the starting lineup. Um, at, at this point, you would think that the that the Central defensive midfield would probably be um, would probably be Demir by and uh, Andrich is for sure playing. So um, uh, probably Demir by uh, as well, potentially Amiri, um, and then Vietz up front in the uh, or towards the front in the middle, and Paulinho on the left. But if Palacios plays is able to play, then then you can probably push Vietz out to the wing. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, Seoane has that option at least, um, if, if not even to start at least, uh, maybe as a sub. Palacios has been very consistent. He does a lot of the dirty work for Bayer Leverkusen and kind of, uh, I think, is um, overshadowed by much of the uh, rest of the team. But he and uh, Rangwis have um, certainly formed a pretty decent partnership uh, this early in the season. Yeah, I mean, if you think about how mean, Ameri- you know, especially South American football can get, uh, this is uh, always a good do to have. Now, uh, obviously, you, you talked about the uh, potential starting eleven, but uh, let's uh, <laughs> go uh, back a little bit or 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 add to that, uh, however you want to see it, uh, because uh, you do have a new coach, uh, Gerardo Soriano, who is a 42-year-old coach from Switzerland, uh, Luzern to be exact, and uh, he, of course, coached FC Luzern before and then uh, before joining Leverkusen, he's, he coached young boys Bern. So those were the Swiss black and yellows, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. wh- what's uh, his coaching style? What is his uh, uh, signature on philosophy? I mean, uh, Leverkusen's stint with Peter Bosch in the end did not end so pretty. Uh, you might want to elaborate on that. And then, of course, Hannes Wolf of all people took over so um how did <laughs> and guided this... us to safety yeah so so how how did this uh, last season sort of end uh, what what was the uh, reason for peter bosch not working out at leverkusen in the end and then uh, sort of just chronologically talk us through uh, the new guy yeah. <laughs> well, um, it's interesting. I think uh, I, well, I think you know why um, Peter Bosch didn't work out in the end. That's uh, it's it's it not might the be first different time. reasons. I'm not that close <laughs> to Leverkusen. I have a hunch it's similar, but still, let's hear it. It's very close, um, and it's it's as you kind of indicated with Seoane, where you asked, you know, what is his style? What is his philosophy? I think what really. Um, characterizes uh, Seoane, at least uh, differentiates him from maybe our uh, previ- the previous trainers at Leverkusen, is, uh, is it the fact that he seems to be quite flexible. And um, he, he came from Young Boys Baron, uh, where they played primarily a 4-4-2, uh, and uh, immediately at Leverkusen, he's primarily with a 4-2-3-1. Um, and, you know, it deviates a little bit, but that's always kind of how it starts. And he it's it's clear throughout the uh, matches as he's um, subbing 
um, although sometimes he waits a little long, that he has uh, he has a kind of an idea in mind. And um, obviously it's to use Leverkusen's strengths on the wing uh, in attack whenever possible. Uh, and he's but he's shored up the defense as well. And he's he, we've, we've seen in some matches that um, we're getting more defending from the wingers and uh, other key players. And um, it's this kind of buying into playing a more complete maybe style of football um, in the Sewane typically he's not concerned with the ball possession that Peter Bosch was concerned with and you know once once uh, teams figured that out there, there was pretty much nothing you know he, he there was no plan B um, and right. that isn't that isn't really the case with Sewane um, he's happy to counter um he's also happy to dictate the pace um but you know what he wants is uh, efficiency when uh when when leverkusen does have the ball uh and yeah i i, I was sorry to see bosch go I, I really did feel um a lot of sympathy and warmth for um the man he's a completely likable dude uh but it, it was very clear that um the time had ended it was very <laughs> seemingly like a replay Kind of of how Roger Schmidt went out, um, minus the drubbing against you guys, but uh, yeah, then Hannes Wolf came to steady the ship, and that's you know basically all he did. There's I don't think anything to distinguish him as a trainer, uh, really, other than um, you know I don't know being able to talk on a player's level to some extent, and <laughs> uh, yeah, just just being I guess a, a steadying uh, voice, but. Um, you know, Leverkusen went out this summer and uh, they obviously took note of the shellacking, to use that word again, that young boys gave Leverkusen in the Europa League last year and decided, you know, they're going to pull like a Bayern Munich and just hire that coach away. <laughs> the um, the old Bayern Munich trusted scouting system of whoever beats us will we'll just sign. Exactly, exactly. Um, but it, it seems to, you know, so far it seems to have worked. It's early days, obviously. Uh, but he, he's, he's, it's the he's, he's, after he's, all. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and last year's Hinrunde was an absolute pleasure until it all fell apart. So I know better than to be um, too optimistic. But it is, it is really. Uh, it is fun to watch them um, watch them right now, and uh, it has a lot to do with him. The confidence he's instilled. It probably should be noted he speaks six languages, uh, so he's literally able to talk to anybody on the Pete team. Pete judge of the Bundesliga. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go, exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's uh, it seems like it's going to be a, a pretty good fit. Uh, I haven't heard too much from Rudi Feller or Simon Rolfes. Uh, That's always recently. a positive sign, right? If if those That's are exactly what staying I was, away yeah. from the the columns. Exactly. That's that's what I was going to say. Uh, uh, Fela, I think, uh, was upset about the fact that um, players like Aranguis and Hincapié are going to be left behind. Yeah, I see uh, what... That's, that's under yeah, that's understandable, and it would be almost um, shocking if he didn't react to it. But as far as the team itself uh, and its performances are concerned, um, there's been not a peep, really. So, yeah, well, let's hope that continues. Yeah, uh, it very, very, it very well might because uh, I'm not very optimistic about about Borussia Dortmund's chances going in this, especially uh, due to the injury malaise and obviously the rocky preseason overall that Dortmund had because uh, it was a lot of patchwork. Let's be real, and uh, you know we've talked a lot about Leverkusen right now, and uh, 
you know, I, you know, I was comfortable in that because that uh, prevented me from rattling off uh, the players that uh, Dortmund are missing right now. Um, I, I have written it down on Twitter in alphabetical order, starting with Emre Can, who has a muscle tear. And uh, I think Marco Rosa at today's news conference said that Emre Can definitely still needs a couple more days uh, before he rejoins team training. So I don't expect him for a week or two. Um, then, of course, uh, Torgen Hazard still needs a few more days as well to recover from his ankle injury, which is a shame because uh, Dortmund very much need him. Obviously, a uh, long-term injury uh, of uh, Moray and Zagadou, uh, we can sort of gloss over. Same with Schmelzer. Um, but then the uh, news, I guess, coming out of the international break starts to sting a little more because Gio Reyna uh, did not only uh, underwhelm for the United States men's national team, as most players did un until that 3-1 uh, win against Honduras last night, because uh, while uh, you know Pulisic and co. were already beating Honduras, uh, Reyna was already on his way or already in back in Germany with a muscle tear and he's supposed to be missing about a month. So uh, Pulisic got hurt too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he match. did. Yeah, it, it, it was a little Dirt. rough out there. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm watching the United States uh, men's national team now, sort of as my guilty pleasure. Uh, it's like uh, the, the the new Schalke 04. Since I can't watch Schalke that much anymore, I I need uh, the uh, negativity and and uh, cannibalism on Twitter to go uh, or to come from somewhere else. But unfortunately, they did win in the end. So uh, boom me. But uh, yeah, uh, Reyna is out for a month. Uh, at least, so that really stinks because Dortmund uh, okay. desperately need him. And of course, uh, continuing to be out is Nico Schulz with, I think he was a muscle strain, so not that bad, but also still a couple of days until he re-enters team training. Uh, Stefan Tigges also picked up a muscle tear, so he'll be out for uh, quite a considerable, considerable amount of time. I don't think... Um, He's a player Dortmund do want to rely on, and since all three strikers, if you count Marlon, are fit, that should not be too much of a problem. But uh, then it starts again in defense because Zagadou is still uh, a long time away from being back with the team. Uh, I think Ruhnachrichten reported today that he did some sort of training session without the ball which is apparently better than the uh, running training that he had uh, beginning on Sunday. But, you know, it's probably still a whole month or I don't know how many weeks until he'll be even an option. And then, of course, we'll have the eternal uh, problem this season, which uh, is uh, Mats Hummels, because he has knee problems. He has been in team training for two days now. Um, and uh, he may play against Bayer Leverkusen because, of course, there is... Um, yeah, uh, always the, the, the need for Hummels to be on the field, but I don't know how comfortable I would be with that. And then, of course, uh, having scored for Germany, Marco Reus uh, came home with a little boo-boo, also, I think, knee-related, so he missed that uh, win against uh, Iceland, but uh, according to Rose, he should be able to play. Um, and also questionable is uh, Thomas Meunier, who is... Uh, I think he returned also with a with a muscular thing. I'm not entirely sure. I think it wasn't really specified, but uh, he is also on a touch and go. And uh, yeah, if he can't play, then it would be pass luck again. So um, 
yeah, there are a lot of players and a lot of patchwork for Dortmund. And uh, I, th I think, uh, sorry to interrupt, I'm Stephen, not done but yet. I think. <laughs> 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 because Dortmund's new signing, Marin Pongracic, apparently has some back pain. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if, if he's supposed to replace Hummels next to Akanji, then uh, he might not be at 100%. But uh, my assumption just is now that uh, he should be in the squad. You know, that, that little back pain should not deter him from playing. Anywho, go go ahead. What did you want to say? Yeah, sorry. No, that that was a long list of um, excuses, uh, injuries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, um, with regards to Mounier and Paslak, I, I mean, regardless, I think who's there, um, that's that's probably where a lot of the Leverkusen attack will. Um, oh, is it, is it that focus. obvious that this is our weak spot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, as the rest of the league might um, also have instructed. <laughs> well, what else are you training? Uh, set pieces where you ping the ball to the front post, try to flick it onto the back post? What else are you telling that's me? A, that's actually a really excellent question because one thing we haven't done in years is practiced set pieces. And I know, I this is know so crazy. Leverkusen, especially with the likes of, I don't know, Baumgartlinger and who, whatnot, you, you would always think that Leverkusen are just excellent at set pieces offensively and defensively, but just never quite the case, is it? No, it's and it's it's not practice. I mean, Bosch uh, admitted as much. Like, it, you know, he he like uh, who was it? The national team trainer um, didn't think it was uh, all that important. But um, yeah, you leave you leave points on the on the pitch, so to speak, when when you think that philosophy. Um, See, yeah, that's a long list of injuries. Though I'm, I'm, I, I'm just I'm realize. just seeing an article by Bild, so I don't know if I even want to cite that. But apparently. Uh, Pongracic might actually start as a right back uh, because he was sort of signed as a right back uh, slash center back. I mean, he is mostly a center back, but uh, I've been told he can play in that position. So if Munier can't make it, he might uh, start there. And then you have a center back pairing of Hummels and uh, Akanji. And then next to him is, uh, of course, Pongracic. And then on the other side, it's uh, good old Rafael Guerrero who will. Really pray that his uh, muscle fibers will all hold together because uh, he is also injury prone and he hardly had a preseason. So, um, yeah, this is sort of all uh, <laughs> all very scary to me because, uh, you know, I, I said on previous shows before that I think uh, this season will be injury plagued from start to finish. And, uh, yeah, we're already hit pretty hard. So... Uh, is Julian Brandt then expected to get? Yes. Uh, okay, that'll be interesting. Yeah, basically, basically, this is uh, the the big chance for Julian Brandt because uh, Marco Rose pointed out today that Julian Brandt had an excellent preseason since he did not go to the Euros due to previous performance issues, and uh, then he was sort of uh, set back a little by a positive COVID test and had to quarantine for two weeks. But uh, according to Rose, since he has trained really well in the recent two weeks and when he did play uh, in the games featuring as a substitute, he also did quite okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is a really big chance for him now that uh, mm -hmm. Reina is out for about a month and uh, Torgen Hazard's touch and go. It's uh, really the time for Julian Brandt to shine just because he has to. Uh, you know, I, I talked about it earlier on, on Twitter that... Uh, Maybe the old curse of the X can help him in that regard. <laughs> I, I think he uh, didn't he score before against Leverkusen. 
Yes, and I'm sure Gonzalo Castro has too. <laughs> um, maybe not with Dortmund, but I think he did with uh, Stuttgart. So yeah, the curse of the X is definitely something you need to be aware of. Yeah, so don't have to believe in it, but you have how, to be aware of it. You know, having someone uh, on the show who obviously uh, followed Julian Brandt quite closely when he did play for Leverkusen. Uh, what are you making of his uh, sort of problematic stint? Let's put it this way at Borussia Dortmund right now. I, you know, it's it's usually the case that when a player leaves Leverkusen, especially for a, a rival like Dortmund, um, it, that they're kind of, you know, dead to me, so to speak. Uh, so, <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't necessarily followed him closely. I do know he hasn't lived up to the promised form, the reason, you know, why Dortmund bought him. Um, which I will say gives me a slight measure of satisfaction. And, oh, you know, sure. I mean, yeah, Bayer Leverkusen is always, you know, is, is always a little bit, at, uh, is always at the mercy of certain clubs. Dortmund's one of them. And um, it's always clear that a player, especially a German player, might make that, uh, make that jump um, to the Ruhrpott uh, uh, at some point. Um, but it's no less painful. And, You know, if, if you're a Leverkusen fan, you want you, you want someone like Julian Brandt to, I don't know, go to England, go out of the country. Um, that's, you know, then 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 we'll, you know, celebrate you. Uh, and um, but, you know, he, he still he is, he still has a lot of goodwill. And he did. He was a he was fantastic when he was at Leverkusen and always, you know, maybe not quite lived up to expectation but was always one of the most exciting and certainly one of the most technically gifted um players on the team but um like i said i haven't followed too much uh since then and um yeah but what i have heard is that uh he just hasn't he hasn't quite lived up to expectations well i think the biggest de deficit and that was uh, quite apparent when he uh, made the move from leverkusen when we sort of sifted through the statistics uh It was quite clear from the beginning that uh, he is not one who features prominently in any pressing stats. And uh, you can see this very much on the football field that his work against the ball is sort of the, the biggest criterion and yeah. uh, something he really needs to work on. Um, the good news is that uh, Ander Rose Dortmund play for the most part in the 4-4-2 with the diamond shape and he will play as a number eight. And Rose sees him uh, as a player in, in that position. And I think this suits him really well. Um, obviously, he did play on the wing as well for Leverkusen. I know that uh, he did so as well, uh, especially in the beginning for Dortmund. But uh, it's not his strongest position in my view. Agreed. Um, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that's sort of something I'm looking forward to, how uh, Julian Brandt will uh, fare against Leverkusen. Now, um What kind of game are we going to expect? Uh, because usually these games are between Dortmund and Leverkusen, especially are very hectic, very chaotic, a lot of end-to-end -end stuff, uh, a lot of uh, high lines and uh, balls over the top of high lines or through balls and whatnot. Do you think we'll have that or will it be a very cagey affair where uh, both teams will try to uh, secure their own goal first? No, I think it's going to definitely be the former. I, I, I think, um, for, for one, I think this is an opportunity for um, the new trainer, Sewane, to make a statement. And 
And I think, you know, be playing at home, um, Leverkusen is going to want to start on the front foot. And I, I, I do think, you know, I'm a, that, that worries me a little bit, but uh, because, um, you know, any any mistake at the back can be uh, immediately punished by um, the likes of Yapois yeah, and Holland and uh, you know, Bellingham, for that matter. Um, so. Uh, but I, but I, do, I think it's you know I, for what it's worth uh, I, I tipped it's going to be a two to two match and I'm pretty sure there's going to be at least one fluky or weird goal um, and yeah I, I think I think it could be I think it could be two to two or perhaps a higher score um, but uh, I, I I don't necessarily I don't necessarily know that I can predict a a, a winner but um, yeah it should be high flying. Yeah, how error-prone have Bayer Leverkusen been so far? I mean, obviously, we've seen this one goal they conceded against Augsburg, but uh, sometimes you have a really good start to the season result-wise, but you can already see the underlying issues. That was, uh, for example, very prominent uh, under Peter Bosch when Dortmund started. I think they had like five wins in a row, um, but everyone uh, and their dog basically could already see uh, what's to come. <laughs> so a lot of counter-attacking goals by the opponent. Um, do you have something uh, a, a similar feeling uh, with Leverkusen in that regard? Because I'll be honest, I haven't seen that much of them yet. But uh, from the podcasts that I'm listening to, I uh, am hearing a lot of positive things about the uh, recent development in Leverkusen. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, one thing that Seawane has really managed to do well is bring some stability to the back line. Um, we, we've, and I mentioned Bakker and Frimpong, who are playing um, extremely well. And one of the ways in which you can put the other team on the back foot is by having your, you know, fullbacks attack uh, and not have to play that defensive role potentially um, if you, you know, if you do it correctly. I, I, you know, I, I think that. Um, Leverkusen has had uh, the back line, especially, you know, I th we've given up, what, two goals, uh, two goals this season in three matches. Uh, one of those goals uh, against Augsburg, like you had noted, was kind of, you know, weak. Um, so we'll say one proper goal that we've uh, that we've given up. So obviously the results are there um, in the defense. But, you know, at the same time, it's not uh, the case that they've faced in uh, Erling Holland yet. Uh, they haven't faced a team uh, of this caliber. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, you know, who might have been preseason the team uh, among the first uh, three that you would have said, well, that's going to be a real test. Tur uh, turned out not to be, and it doesn't seem to be well, the case. It, that it might have been. You just passed it with flying colors. It, it Maybe. And I, and I do think uh, from that match, like I had mentioned earlier, that's the approach we have to take with Dortmund. Um, it has to be aggressive. It has to be, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying try to injure someone, but as you noted, everybody's on their last ligament and tendon. Um, I'm sure Seawane is preaching going hard um, on the tackles, uh, at least initially. And that's, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to have to be probably part of the philosophy to um, stopping most of Dortmund's team. But again, um, there seems to be very little that stops uh, Holland, and uh, it'll be a real test for um, everybody, uh, basically, to see how they deal with that. And there's nobody of his caliber that the Leverkusen have faced yet. 
Yeah. Uh, if you try to break Haaland, uh, I may <laughs> warn you. Uh, Joshua Kimmich tried that once, and he was uh, out injured. I think he. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to try to do like that. So uh, you know. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. I don't think anybody has the. You know, nobody has the. Uh, just pure body um to do that uh but but it's gonna but i I do think it's going to be physical um in other areas of the pitch for sure yeah i i i definitely agree it also would uh you know be silly for leverkusen to not do it uh just look at what hoffenheim did to dortmund um i think that plan worked quite well so uh I would i would certainly do that as well i mean for dortmund it's obviously uh also the biggest test of the season yet um, the one in Freiburg, they already lost, and Hoffenheim was an okay, formidable opponent, but they're freaking Hoffenheim. They're like the gray mouse of the Bundesliga. They're always going to be a, a boring mid-table team that can uh, upset the, the big teams in the Bundesliga, but that's about it. Bayer Leverkusen is the real rival for the Champions League spots. So, um, you know, I think a point for Dortmund... Uh, at the Bay Arena would already be a very positive result, especially uh, considering this uh, is going to be the first Champions League week. Uh, Dortmund play Besiktas on Wednesday, and then uh, they will play on Sunday again on uh, against Union Berlin. So uh, it's going to be a very tricky week with uh, two away games in uh, Leverkusen and in Istanbul. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> given the uh, long list of injuries and uh, you know the players that are available maybe not uh, in their best form yet uh, I don't really know what to make of this game in Dortmund uh, usually a surprise back especially on the road uh, you can't always count on them so uh, if it's a 2-0 draw as you just said um, I think that's a wonderful result for the old black and yellows so um, I think we can knock it on the head here Eric unless you have anything else to uh profess <laughs> <laughs> no i think that uh, i think that wraps it up very well then uh please tell our listeners where to follow you on the old twitter and of course how to subscribe to the flagship that is the neverkusen podcast yeah thanks for the kind words uh you can find all of that information basically at our twitter uh it's uh, at neverkusen pod and uh, everyone's uh, personal Twitter handle is in the bio there. So, or on a pin tweet, I should say. Um, so just have a look there. Uh, you'll see me, schnicksb uh, 4 And um, our podcast is basically downloadable from all, uh, all platforms. And um, yeah, uh, great. Uh, thanks for having me, Stefan. This was a great discussion as always. And I'm totally psyched, really looking forward to this match on Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have some cautious pessimism this time. Uh, I don't know if it's warranted or not. We'll we'll discuss it on Monday. And uh, until then, as always, uh, everyone out there, uh, thank you for listening. You can follow me at Stefan School. You can follow all of us at YellowWallPod on Twitter and Facebook. And if you want to subscribe to this podcast, please do that on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., and if you want to become a patron and support us financially, go to patreon.com slash the yellow wall. And we shall be back with another episode to review the Leverkusen match and preview the Besiktas game. Until then, goodbye.